Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and I am happy that you're listening. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome. Um, I realized recently that the, since the numbers have sort of doubled in the last few months, uh, there's probably at least a person or two who's never listened before. So I'm, I'm delighted that you're here. And also delighted that you continue to be here if you have been here before. Uh, Lord knows there are millions of podcasts that I have started to listen to and then let fall by the wayside. Okay, maybe not millions. It feels like millions, but it's not millions. But still, there's a lot that, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing. So thanks on all accounts. Um, Today's blog is inspired by my recent trip to Mexico um, and a particular restaurant that I went to in Mexico. Um, and in fact, I feel like the, the the next two posts are kind of inspired by that same place um, in different ways you'll hear. Um, but this one is uh, specifically about a place called Cafe La Habana. And um, I think there's nothing more to tell you about it. So I'm just going to read it to you. It is called The Cafe Wall of Fame. On the wall at Cafe La Habana in Mexico City is a plaque that proclaims the previous presence of Octavio Paz, Che Guevara, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and more. The rumor is that the Cuban Revolution was planned there. It is an inspiring place. The conversations of these public intellectuals soaked into the very walls. Also, not a single woman is listed in its storied history. It was founded in 1952. That means Frida Kahlo could have gone there in the last two years of her life. Remedios Varo and Leonora Carrington could have gone there. I know they didn't live nearby, but still, they could have. Lara Esquivel was two years old when the place was founded, but I imagine she's been there at some point in her life. I mean, did no women come and plan there? Or they just haven't done it yet? What if we planned the feminist revolution there? The Cuban one worked out reasonably well for the guys who started it. I have a lot of questions about this particular place because it feels like a kind of magic to write in so potent a place. But I wonder if that magic has only ever applied to men. Did women not go there? Were they somehow unwelcome to the public intellectual's realm? Or was it unsafe for women? Or were they there and then forgotten about? Or did they just have their coffee conversations and revolutions at home? As a woman who has spent time in coffee shops in many countries, I can confirm that public spaces like cafes are more male space than female. In some places I've been, I've been the only woman. On holidays, I am almost always the only woman in the last open cafe. It does feel as though, despite our many advancements, public space, like coffee shops, still belongs to men. Soraya Chamali gave one of my favorite TED Talks on the subject of public spaces. The gist of it is, almost all public space is male space in that it was designed by and for men. I can't stop thinking about this. 
I'm fascinated by the architectural projects that are just beginning to address it. There is a movement coming, I think. But without the history, it's very difficult. Show me the cafe that brags of all the women who frequented the place. Seriously, please show me. I'll go there. Show me the city that was planned with women in mind. Vienna comes closest in that they made adjustments based on a survey of women's needs back in the 90s. All space is men's space that others find our way through. All cafes are for men, for men's ideas, men's revolutions. The women's revolution is in the house, I guess? Which maybe explains why we haven't really had a revolution. If women have no public space in which to gather, if we aren't seen in public together, except for once a year at our march, then we have no public power. We try and claim space when we march. We chant, whose streets? Our streets. Now maybe it's time for whose cafe? Our cafe. I'm not here to call out Cafe La Habana. Honestly, I can't think of a single cafe in the USA that honors literary greats or revolutionaries of any gender on its walls. Cafe La Habana is way ahead of us in honoring writers, artists, and intellectuals, and I respect and admire them for it. I'm a fan. One day in the future, I hope to make it back to that cafe where I'll drink another delicious lechera, and on their updated plaque, I hope to see many women's names. Or maybe one of you will start a cafe with women in mind, and we'll all turn up to hang out and plan our revolution, and someone will hang up a plaque decades later. I'd like to be on that wall with the rest of you. So if you are ever in Mexico City, I do recommend Cafe La Habana. It's not easy to find. We, we got a bit turned around and lost, and it's not really near uh, that much other stuff. Um, like you're not going to walk past it probably on your way to something else. Um, but it's, it's worth seeking it out if this is the sort of thing you care about, <laughs> which it, defi it definitely is something I care about, which is how I ended up there. Um, yeah, and boy, that coffee was good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, revolution, right? Woo! Artists, yay, writers. So, speaking of art, I realized that the song that I needed to put here, much to my dismay, <laughs> was uh, a song from Les Miserables uh, called Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. I don't know if you're a theater geek like me, um, but uh, Les, Mis Les Miserables kind of came into my life. Um, I think I may have been in middle school. I was pretty young, and it had a pretty profound impact on me. And this song um, is sung by the sort of male romantic lead in the show. And, you know, every single time I would just cry. It just made me cry every time because, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's been, it's taken years for me to listen to this, be able to listen to the song and not just weep. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but uh, you know, all these many years later, like I'm, I'm kind of less into Les Miserables than I used to be, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I don't want to have to sing that song. But it is so exactly what I'm talking about in a way. This kind of, um, I don't know, the romance of of these men, you know, who hang out and whatever the the cafe is in in France. Um, in the period of the of the musical, and you know they hang, they hang out together, they plan their revolution. They all die except for this one guy, but but it it's still like ah oh, the dudes doing their hang, hanging out thing, and like there's no there there's no women in this revolution. I mean, except for the ones who are in love with revolutionaries, no. <laughs> um, so, like, there's a funny way now where in listening to the song, I actually feel like, you know what? You're damn lucky you got to sit in that cafe and play in a revolution. I mean, I'm sorry you died. That sucks. But I, I don't feel quite as – it doesn't feel quite as tragic to me anymore. I'm, like, in a way, the bigger tragedy is that, I don't know, centuries and centuries of women didn't have the opportunity to go and sit in a cafe and plan a revolution. Um, those are the empty chairs <laughs> at the empty tables, in my view. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's a funny change in perspective. Uh, so I did work on this song. Um, I have. Uh, I feel like this is again one of those songs where I would like to take another pass at it at some point. Um, but I want to make sure that I get this out to you. And there really is only this song that is right for this particular uh, blog. So it, ha it had to happen. Whether I was ready or not, <laughs> whether I was well or not, you, it had to happen. So this is the first, perhaps, approximation of uh, Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. Um, yeah. Enjoy. Uh, before I play it for you, um, just to remind you that you can support me in many places and I'm happy to receive and appreciate your support in any of them. Probably first line of, uh, of support is Patreon. Um, you can search for me there. It's either Emily R. Davis or Emily Rainbow Davis, depending on which model appeals to you. And for the next like couple of days, if you're hearing this before March 1st, um, I'm still running this crazy special offer situation, which is if you sign up to be a patron in either place, actually, um, you can get uh, two hours of music um, from last year. So all of the songs from last year's blogcasts. Uh, so all of the songs from 2018. Um, I will send you a link that you can then download and have. And those songs will not be available anywhere else. Um, I'm not going to put them out on Spotify. I'm not. It, I spent so much money doing that last year. <laughs> and it has not paid off. Um, so, so the only way to get those is to become a patron. And I will send those to you. Um, my patrons already received them. But basically anyone who joins now uh, within the next couple of days will get uh, 2018 and 2019 songs. You'll get the 2018 songs first, obviously, because not all the 2019 ones are, are done because we're only in February. 
Anyway, there's that, and there's also uh, the zine, which is the best of the blog of 2018. So I'll send that to people as well if you join Patreon this month. Um, so, uh, yeah, do that uh, in the next couple of days. Um, or you can join later and, you know, just get the regular stuff. But this is what they call a special offer over on Patreon. You can also find me on Ko-fi, on PayPal. You can sign up for my mailing list on my website, follow me on Twitter, all the things. Oh, also, if you can and would, like the blog on Facebook. Um, I have 39 lovely followers on Facebook. Um, it would be nice to, to up that number a little bit. So if you get a chance and you're on the Facebook, uh, like Songs for the Struggling Artist over there, if you would. Um, yeah, thank you for any of those things, or mostly just for listening. It's really great to, to have you here. So, oh, before I put this song here, I'm still trying to figure out what song to put with the next podcast. So if you have read the Atmosphere blog already and you have ideas, please tell me. Um, otherwise, I may just end up putting the song that I've been working on for the last week few weeks or so and I, I have no reason to put it there it is not thematically um, important or connected in any way but I started learning Steely Dan's Can't Take Me Alive because I had a dream that I was um, being held hostage by a mad gunman and I woke up and I just had Can't Take Me Alive stuck in my head and then I had to learn it and I have really been enjoying playing it. I have to say, it is kind of my favorite song to play at the moment. It's really fun. Um, so that's coming up at some point. It could be next week if I can't figure out what else to put on the next one. Um, and uh, So, yeah, just watch, watch out for it. Be prepared. And if you have ideas um, for, for next week's song, let me know. Um, so without further ado, I give to you from the hit musical... Les Miserables. This is Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. There's a grief that can't be spoken There's a pain goes on and on Empty chairs at empty tables Now my friends are dead and gone talked of revolution Here it was they lit the flame Here they sang about tomorrow and tomorrow never came From the table in the corner they could see a world reborn and they rose with voices ringing and I can hear them now the very words that they had sung became their last communion on the lonely barricade at dawn My friends, my friends, forgive me That I live 
and you are gone There's a grief that can't be spoken There's a pain goes on and on Phantom faces at the window Phantom shadows on the floor Empty chairs at empty tables Where my friends will meet no more Oh my friends, my friends Don't ask me What your sacrifice was for Empty chairs at empty tables Where my friends will sing no more